what's up, ladies and gentlemen? You know who it is. It's me and your homie Bryce. Let's get right into it. What's going on, brother? Same old man. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing well. Uh, so, you know, we missed last week, but we had some things happen over the course of the last two weeks that I want to touch on with you real quick. Um, you know, for the duration of the season, I've been telling you that something's not quite right with my Miami Heat this year. Um, last week it came out that the Heat were concerned about Tyler Hero's off-the-court uh, antics. Not really bad antics, but maybe his focus, his off-the-court focus. Um, how do you feel about that leaking out? Because it actually leaked out from the Miami Heat's number one writer in South Florida. So how, how do you feel about that? <clears throat> I'm sure it's just uh, a little like uh, more worry and more concern if you're down there and you're like the beat writer and stuff. And, you know, you're around the team a lot. It's like probably a bigger issue to to them and to the team than the rest of the NBA community community and rightfully so, but I think it's like, uh, just easy to point a finger at that when I think there's more factors involved. We were talking the other day. I mean, usually players that come out flashy their first season or two, usually right after that, their next season, it's like people have their number for a minute because you kind of, you know, you pissed off teams, you know, balling, you can't stick your tongue out at everybody and not think uh, they're going to play harder on you. So I think some of it's that, plus the uh, disarray of the Heat uh, players this year in terms of injury and who's like in and out of the lineup. Um, I don't think that helps anything. Plus, like I said, not only do they probably know what – they have a better read on Tyler as a, as a player to do what to do defensively, but as a team, that you know the Heat had more of a, a style to predict – you know, so I, I think all those things are factors and it's easy to have a young guy who's popular, who's uh, kind of already got a name for himself outside of basketball. You have him down in Miami, you know, which is a big party town. So I, I think it's easy to, to say that. And I'm sure it's playing a factor, but I don't think it's like the only factor. Uh, I'm sure he'll come around. I mean, if he has the type of um, like personality where he wants to be the best or like be good, which it seems like he does. He has that kind of like competitive edge about him. He'll come around, I'm sure. And if not, he won't be in the heat. He won't be in Miami for long because they don't put up with that shit. Do you think he deserve deserves at this point, at this stage of his career, the popularity that he has? Because remember, I told you um, the last time I was in Orlando for a Heat Magic game, let's say about a month ago, when I went into the restroom, all the all the urinals were taken up by Heat jerseys. And all the Heat jerseys were Tyler Hero jerseys. And me and Kevin even talked about that at the game. It was so many Tyler Hero jerseys at that Orlando Magic game. Do you, so you think his popularity within the fan base is deserved, just based on pretty much a decent a decent year and a pretty good playoff run? It doesn't matter what I think, um, because everybody can uh, value a, a guy based on different reasons. Like, I don't understand the fascination with a lot of these, like um, – I guess Instagram or like YouTube stars, like the fascination with like the, the Jake Paul Ben Askren fight because Jake Paul is so huge. Like, I don't get that, but I get it in the sense where like Conor McGregor and other people have made their, their money on becoming the villain and trying to hype up a situation more than it is just for the sake of making money and getting their name out there. So it's like, it's, it can be fake hype. So, I mean, 
we live in a in an age where anybody can kind of make something out of nothing. So that doesn't surprise me at all that Tyler Hero. I mean, you don't have to do a whole lot, and he's kind of you know vocal. He's out there on social media a little bit. Or he was, you know, he's you know. So that's not surprising at all to me. People can like who they like. I don't care. Got it. Okay. So people can like who they like. Well, a lot of people didn't like LeBron James this week. Uh, he caught the attention of the right wing. Um, caught the attention of some police unions yeah. due to due to his tweet, his initial tweet that he deleted right away. So I I, I know his his thinking behind why he sent the first tweet out, which pretty much singled out a police officer who was in a very bad situation and said that you're next. And then I understand why why he deleted the tweet. Um, his, <laughs> his explanation for why wasn't the best, but we all know why he deleted the tweet. How do you feel about him kind of jumping, uh, uh, jumping ahead of the gun as far as the initial tweet and then the deletion of that tweet? Everybody can fuck off about disliking LeBron James because everybody looks to him and looks to a lot of people for answers. They didn't used to, but now with this generation of stars, I won't say they didn't used to because there's a lot of vocal athletes in the past that have spoken about a lot of things. I won't say that, but I will say it seems like I feel like there's a different standard now because you can just openly say something and it's out there and then people can see it. So people are all the time, I think, looking to LeBron James and a few other people to say something. And sometimes they get an emotional response, just like with anybody. And th- the fact that he can't say something in the heat of a moment, and whether he means it or not, take it back, whatever, that's just human. And anybody that doesn't like that, that's why I said they can fuck off. Because well, I, whether or not whether or not you agree with it or not, like the reasons they're attacking him, like I don't care about. Don't don't complain that he was celebrating a win and went maybe in his eyes a little too far. And I can get where he can feel like that could incite the wrong message, even though, I mean, the message is there. But, you know, people can take shit and run with it. So I get it. And then I get it taking it back. Like. If, if you don't understand that and you don't like have. A, a way to just let things go in a moment or like this cancel culture where people are holding people accountable for things they said like 10 years ago it's if you don't understand growth as a human and like remorse and shit then you then you're fake or you're not smart enough to realize that you're fake so anybody that has a problem with that and what would lebron said whether he you have a problem with what he said or that he took it back both sides can fuck off that's how I feel. <laughs> he can he can say whatever he wants and i don't have a problem with it. and that's because he's He's a he's a star. He's a celebrity. He's a basketball player. He's a human. He can say what he wants. I don't care. I I get where you know he's had some flawed messages in the past, and you you know and what whatever. I don't care about all that. The the, the mess the message he sent was absolutely flawed, and I think he could he should have waited just a little bit until the facts came out, and the facts didn't come out until the video was released. But the video was released actually the same day a few hours later. So he did jump the gun just a little bit. Um, but of course I think the right, w- the right wing is being a little excessive with it. Um, one, one restaurant owner, of course, and LeBron actually tweeted back at him. It was great. 
one restaurant owner said that he's not going to show any NBA games in his restaurant anymore until LeBron is expelled from the league. <laughs> and LeBron tweeted back and was like, oh, shoot, because I was going to come here <laughs> out of the game or something like that and get some drinks. So he had a fun tweet. He had a fun tweet with it. But but the right wing's running with it. But let's just be real. It was he did make a mistake. I didn't like his his uh, his um his apo- not even his apology. I didn't like his excuse for taking it down. He just should have apologized and said, "Hey, I did it too quick." That, that's all we needed him to say. Um, but again, the right wing's been running with it. They were trying to cancel him. They he's been like the news on the news cycle of the right wing all week. Which he let's be real, he, he's uh he's used to that. They they come at LeBron James every chance they get. But he did he did. Go ahead. No, no, no. I didn't mean to cut you off. Um, who cares? I mean, the right wing are so desperate for wins right now. They got to focus on this shit. Luckily, they don't know how to cancel anybody. Not really. So it'll oh, be okay. They're, they're, they're focusing on it. I sent you a lot of stuff throughout the week about it. So it's, it's so interesting, though. Cares. Right. Like they're, they're, it's interesting because they're, they're, they're reaching. So it's very interesting. All right. My biggest problem with the league and even LeBron James, because an extension of that is like the way they they uh, will do whatever China says. That's my biggest problem. You're speaking but that's a lot of industry. Yeah. Got it. And LeBron James. Like anybody. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. The, who has to tote the NBA line? Like, I get it, but that's probably my biggest problem with a lot of these things. Well, he stayed away from that. Um, you know, he, he caught a little heat from that last he season. He messed but, up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah he caught, caught just a little bit, a little bit of heat. <laughs> so he stayed. I'm pretty sure it was a phone call made to him. So he, he, he stayed away from that. Um, but like I said, he, he made a mistake. The, the tweet was too fast. He should have just apologized and kept it moving. That, that, that's it. Because you can't, you can't please every master. You just can't. You know what I'm saying? You, you, you can't please every side. So just, just be like, yeah, I fucked up. That's it. Fucked up. All right. Again, moving my moving right along. All right. So we seem to have some answers about Kyrie's Irving's uh, missing of some games this year, missing a lot of time this year. Uh, I actually caught wind of this last week, and I was going to mention it on the podcast. But hey, Spectrum fucked me over. <laughs> I had no no internet last week, so there we go. Uh, so Kyrie Irving confirmed, I believe it was Friday night or Saturday morning, somewhere in there, that, that he has converted to being a uh, a Muslim. So kudos to him, because a lot of people have been wondering what was going on. You know, why is he missing all this time? But kudos to him for coming out with it. He necessarily didn't have to come out with it, but I know he, he got sick of people talking about it. So he was like, let me go ahead and jump ahead of it. And um, so how do you feel about that? Well... <clears throat> I would say uh, it, it's a shame that he had to come out and answer it at all. Like mm-hmm. for that, I kind of I feel for him. I guess um, not that I don't think it was like kind of necessary or you know it makes a lot of sense. But being the the type of person he is in the spotlight because he plays a professional sport where. People notice when you're not on the court, and it seems like you've had issues before. It's like it answers a lot of questions, and it, it redeems him a little bit for the um, uh, the scrutiny he's gotten at least recently. Um, so uh, I'm glad that he kind of clarified things, but at the same time, I wish he didn't have to. 
because that's right. a, that's his own personal thing that we shouldn't have to have we shouldn't have to know about. But like I said, because of the spotlight he's in, you know when he's not there every night. So it when it starts to add up, it just I'm sure for him it's been stressful. Oh yeah, especially definitely. especially with the persona, or I guess not the persona, but the um, the way the Muslim religion is looked at in this country by a lot of people. You know, I can understand him not wanting to speak on that and him being aggravated this year when asked why, you know, what so-and-so is going on. Um, so I feel for him in that aspect. Uh, but I, I'm glad that he cleared that up so he can be left alone more about it. But now there's going to be another group that doesn't like him because of that, just yeah. because of that, unfortunately. Well, I, I think he's big enough to to deal with that part. Um, Having this revelation takes a lot of stress off of him, so I think he can play freely when he does. When he does play, because right now they're in the middle of their uh, observance of Ramadan, which is the, like their biggest <laughs> religious uh, time. And you, I don't remember the specifics of it because Hakeem Olajuwon would go through it every year. But to a certain extent, you fast bread and water certain times a day. So you know. Um, spiritually it makes you stronger physically it may weaken you a little bit so that could add to some of the games that he's missed as well um but it will free him uh to be himself and to play better on the court which he's he hasn't been playing bad let's just let's just say that he hasn't been playing bad but this it'll free up his thinking though i feel like instead of it being something in the back of his head Right. This may awaken even more of a beast in him, which we already know he can't be a beast, a beast on many nights. So let's see what this does as far as Brooklyn, you know, pushing towards the playoffs. They've been going between the first and second seed all season. We know James Harden is going to be out for a little while. So it's going to be on Kyrie and Kevin Durant. So I, I, I think the time is good for him to just come out and say, it. look, this this is it. This this what's been going on with me. Um, So everybody else can fall back. So, um, so yeah. Um. I'm I'm curious. Maybe you can answer. Um, I'm kind of like I don't know how the contract side of that works. Just to know like some inner workings, since there's some precedent with it with other players. Like if he's it, did he did it say like how new he was to that religion, or is it he, been like a few years? No, because no, no, is I, that what something that's worked into your contract, like no, with your team that you're gonna miss games based on this? Because I would imagine like. They couldn't really like dock your pay or do anything because of religion. I don't believe they can. Um, I believe this is a new transition for him, um, but I don't believe that they can. I, I haven't seen it, but I don't believe they can dock your pay for anything like that. I, the, the union would absolutely have a fit about that. So I, I don't think that's in any any contract. Um, I can say that. Elijah Wan missed some games. He didn't miss as many games as Kyrie, but Elijah Wan had converted back in the uh, late 80s, early 90s. Kyrie is just converting now. So there's a lot of study time that goes into it. There's a lot of devotion that goes into it. So I understand that. Like I said, it, it explained everything. And when I heard it last week, I was like, well, <clears throat> that makes sense. Let's talk about it on the podcast. But of course, like I said, we couldn't. Mm. Um, so the timing was just right because it was going to come out one way or another because it was already whispers about it. But like I said, kudos to him. I'm happy. I know how it feels to have certain weights off your shoulders. So and you do too as well. So yeah, kudos to him for that. <laughs> when did you last look at the uh, the standings? Things are still tight in the Eastern Conference. 
Um, what was it? I think like last weekend, I I looked at the uh, the official standings for okay. West and East. Right. So Brooklyn's number one right now. Philly's number two. Milwaukee's number three. Those three teams have been in the top three for the duration of the season. Things get interesting at number four. For example, the New York Knicks. They've won nine straight games. I can't. I actually liked one of their posts on Facebook this morning. I, I just I love hate relationship with New York. I say it every week. I'm happy they're winning. They're number four right now. Atlanta, number five, <coughs> right at the ship again after they got rid of their coach Lord Pierce. Number six belongs to Boston. They've kind of righted the ship a little bit. Number seven is Miami. Been disappointing all year. Number eight is Charlotte. Now, we have to talk about number nine and number 10 because they're in a play-in tournament. So number nine is Indiana. And number 10, the biggest surprise, the Washington Wizards have crept into the playoff race. How do you feel about the Eastern Conference right now? It just feels very typical Eastern Conference. (laughs) It's, uh, I mean, honestly, it feels like the same kind of, fights it's been you know with a few teams coming in and out you know usually Toronto's up there somewhere traditionally they've been but it's hard to pick a a clear-cut uh like number one everybody keeps switching back and forth uh it's just always a dogfight there um Charlotte seems like the team who could really if they're healthy maybe surprise and move up a little bit. Uh, still, like the playoff experience isn't there. Well, you have Hayward, but yeah, you got Hayward. like I, I, but I could see them if getting healthy, continuing to maybe rise a little bit. Washington, I don't. It just might still be pretty tough for them in my eyes. But we'll we'll see. I know Russell Westbrook's been on a tear. Um, but uh, Philly losing that number one spot to Brooklyn is surprising to me. Yeah, they've they've been trading they've been trading all on and off for the last few months, being number one and number two. Um, also, Philly Miami, hasn't had Ben Simmons, so right. Uh, Miami lost a critical game to Atlanta the other night without Trey Young and a and a couple of other starters, and I about pulled the little hairs off my head. And I, I'm like, how do you lose that game? Like, because we would have pulled within a, a half a game of the fifth spot, and they lost it. I'm just like. I'm I'm so frustrated. Being a Heat fan right now, I'm extremely frustrated. Um, out west, you have Utah at number one, Phoenix at number two, Clippers at number three, Denver at number four, the Lakers holding on at number five, Dallas moved up a lot at number six, number seven belongs to Portland, eight Memphis, and then the last two spots for contention due to the play-in tournament are San Antonio at nine, and the Golden State Warriors at 10. So how do you feel about the Western Conference? Uh, what spot was Denver again? I kind of got Den- lost in the Oh, world. Denver is number four in the West. Um, I, don't, I don't know. It's, uh, it's kind of an odd year, too, because the Lakers look like the clear favorites. And, I mean, I think in the playoffs, healthy, they still are. But um, AD just came back. Right. He's on a minute restriction, but he's back. Um, Read those top five again. All right. So out west, you have, excuse me, you have Utah at number one, Phoenix at number two, the Clippers at number three, 
Number four is Denver, and number five is the Lakers. So the Clippers are. I have a problem with like their success lately, and then like people um, talking about Paul George so much because that's fine. Uh, but I'm not worried about regular season Paul George. I'm not worried about the Clippers in the regular season as much right now. Like, we got fooled by them hard last year. Yeah. Um, so, um, the Suns, you remember we were talking about, at least I thought, we both thought early on, I didn't know how far they were going to go, but we thought the Suns would be up there better. I'm surprised Utah is number one. Utah has been number one for a big chunk of the season, too, out west. And it, yeah, like, that's surprising. <laughs> but for, like I said, I mean, LA's lost a lot. I mean, haven't had their guys for a while. Yeah, they're hanging in there. They're hanging in there. And, and kudos, you, you know, I'm going to do it for all the Kyle Kuzma haters out there. Kudos to Kyle Kuzma for holding it down until Anthony Davis came back. And then also LeBron should be coming back. Maybe in a week, but probably another two weeks out. So, but kudos to Kyle Kuzma and the rest of those Laker boys uh, for holding it down because many people thought they were going to just fall out of the playoffs. Um, because technically, when LeBron and AD started going down, the Lakers were like <coughs> third third in the West. So, that, I mean, they just dropped two spots versus dropping down to like 10. So, they, yeah, Kyle Kuzma, you know, I love you, brother. Um, fuck everybody else. <laughs> that's, that's just where it's at because a lot of What's people hate you? that kid. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off again, but you're right. Uh, a lot of people, it's like people either love or hate him. Yeah. Um, he maybe he just needs to be on a different team for people to love him more. It's hard when you're playing behind Anthony Davis and behind LeBron James. Think about that. It's like with his skill set, he's similar to Sabonis in Indiana. Like he could go to another team and do very well, but it's hard being that option behind those two guys. And now that they're out. He can still be inconsistent, but you can see a, you can see the makings of a dominant ball player there. And I guess, you know, he hasn't done anything bad off the court, but he gets a lot of attention off the court. So I guess that's what some fans don't like about him. But, hey, you know, he's been showing up. He's he's the main reason they're still winning. Period. So. <clears throat> well, in your eyes, between the East and the West is, like, the biggest surprise in the playoff picture so far to you. Absolutely, between both conferences, it's the New York Knicks. Absolutely. And the fact that they've won nine straight games to kind of lock down that fourth position right now is amazing to me. Like, you you have a lot of good stories. We just talked about the Lakers being a good story. The Knicks are the best story, Um, even out west. It took Dallas a while to kind of get going, but then Dallas got going. Look, Dallas came back and beat the Lakers last night. They were 17 down, came back and closed them out. A good win for Dallas. But the Knicks are, look, Brook, Brooklyn has all the star power. I get it. Philly's been consistent all year. Milwaukee has been under the radar all year. New York right now, to me, is the biggest story in the NBA. Who would have ever thought last year or two years ago, or who would have ever thought in the last five years that the Knicks would win five straight games? Let's just be real, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're a mashup of talent. Yes, Randall has been playing out his mind. R.J. Barrett is really growing on me. He 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 he, he, ha- he has something. He's not the best shooter, but he has something. Um, that team's coming together. Of course, we know they have great coaching. Derrick Rose has been a steady presence at point guard. Man, he's been playing good. 
man. Well, um, <laughs> you know, without like really knowing what was going on back in the day, I used to watch, you know, as a kid, Michael Jordan a little bit, you know, when I saw basketball games on, but I, I really didn't know what was going on. But based on a little bit I know of that time, this Knicks team, this success, and if you've looked at what Julius Randle has done well as well, they almost remind me of like that Patrick Ewing style where it's just like I, I don't really know the reputation of the guards then, but Julius Randle seems to be like the 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 main point or the main focal point of the team where these other guys have to come in and compliment him. Yeah, RJ Barrett and like his progression is, you know, it's it can't be understated. And these other these other aspects can't be understated, but it seems like that's the main that's the main go to talent for sure. It seems like the leader and like just the style, the position it seems like it's all just reflective of the last time they had that kind of success and the, the type of setup they had then. Because they're also known for playing gritty defense right now. Yeah, they're and one of the top defensive defense. teams. Yeah. So, like I said, I mean, what do you think about that? Like, how are their comparisons to that team, that New York team back then? Well, I mean, it's close, but it's not, it's not the same. It's never going to be the same. It's never going to be that. But I will say this. It's not pretty basketball. We see a lot of pretty basketball now, you know, ushering in, some people say by the Warriors. It's not pretty basketball. So that's similar to those 90 Knicks teams because it wasn't pretty back then either. This team, and I went back and forth with Kenny about this, you know, friendly little banter one night. This team can't shoot. That Knicks team cannot shoot. They can't make a shot to save their life. I'm talking about an outside perimeter shot. If they got some shooting, they would probably be in the top three if they got some shooting because the defense is there. Everything else is there. They just need to go out and get a shooter. If they can do that, then I can take them more serious as a threat. Because right now I'm like, okay, they're the best story in the NBA right now. They're going to get into the first round. They might lose because they're looking at Atlanta right now. They might lose. I don't know. Next year in the offseason, they don't need to tinker too much. They just need to go out and get a shooter. Call J.J. Reddick. Maybe get Kyle, Kyle Corver out of retirement. Get somebody who can make an open shot with those guards driving in and kicking out. And even with Randall, um, you know, play inside-outside basketball, which is gone right now for the most part. And they, they'll be the Knicks will be a contender to come out of the East. I really believe that. Um, they're that good, especially defensively. They're, they're that well coached. Um, so they just need a re- they just need a real good knockdown shooter. I think Randall's making like two threes a game. Dude, he's he might be everything. their best three point shooter or something. Dude, yeah, because God knows those guards can't shoot to save their life. But they're doing everything else. Barrett and Rose are doing everything else. Okay, <laughs> but and my boy Peyton. Yeah, Bar- Barrett kind of reminds me of how. Peyton used to play in Orlando. The good stuff, not the, not the bad stuff, but the good stuff. That's that's how Barrett reminds me of. And uh, like I said, the kid has heart. I really, really like him. And his second year, for him to be able to navigate the New York scene and you don't hear anything <laughs> bad about him. Um, yeah, that, that kid's special. <laughs> I like Barrett a lot. I just need him to learn how to shoot. <laughs> that's it. Just learn how to shoot. You'll be good. Learn how to shoot. Um, 
But yeah, the Knicks, like I said, the Knicks are the biggest surprise. Looking out west, and we can kind of touch on this in a second, um, Golden State, with everything they've gone through, kind of knocking in on that playoff tournament door. Um, Steph Curry has been on a tear. So mm-hmm. he's not going to be the MVP. Uh, we both agree right now that Jokic is the, <laughs> the MVP. Um, how you feel about Jokic right now? Because um, he's less, he's almost there. He's pissed me off this week, but for the most part, I think he deserves it. And um, that's why I was like, you know, I know Brooklyn and Philly in the East have been a kind of a jockeying mess all year. But um, for me to want to give the MVP to maybe Embiid or someone else over Jokic, um, they'd have to be a little more consistent and hold on to that number one spot or at least have a way better record. Denver has just about the same record. Uh, and, you know, they're not one or two in the East or in the West, but they're in that playoff picture. And that playoff picture is super competitive. So, yeah. And then, especially with um, their guard going down, um, if Jokic can keep that team up, you know, where they've been at all season or around it without him, that's even more proof that I think he deserves it this year. Um, I mean, I, I can't really say more about him. He, he's, he's been a triple-double threat all year. I think he's like an assist and a half away from averaging a triple-double. He can <clears throat> he blocks, he steals, he hits threes, he leads his team, he controls the ball all the time. Like, I don't know how, if they keep winning, how he can't be the MVP this year. It, it may be if Harden had, wasn't missing time and it was Jess Harden for a little bit, like, you know, which I know it was for a few games at least. I can't remember how many games I think it was just Harden, but Yeah. It it's just hard for me to get it's hard for me to convince myself that it's someone other than Jokic. So I'm just going with I guess my gut feeling that I think it should be Jokic. I think your gut feeling is right. Um right now, Denver and Philly does have they have the exact same record at thirty nine and twenty one. If M B wouldn't have went down and missed that time he did earlier in the season, I think he wouldn't have fell off as far as the MVP talk. Because at the beginning of the season, it was absolutely looking like it was going to be Joel Embiid. But then he went down, and then Jokic has just been consistent all year. Um, James Harden, we all know he's an incredible talent. I heard someone say the story. It was so funny. I can't remember who it was, but they were like, James Harden's season proves that He's not a system player for Dan Antoni. And I'm thinking in my head, you fucking idiot. Dan Antoni is the lead assistant in Brooklyn. So you, it's the same goddamn system. Like, <laughs> I yeah. forgot. Who, dude, I forgot who said it. But I'm like, he's in the same fucking system, bro. <laughs> he's like, and even like, if it wasn't, I'm pretty sure Steve Nash probably models his systems. Right. After. <laughs> God, I can't remember who it was. But, um. But, no, I, I agree with you. It, it took me some time to come around to it. But, yeah, Jokic is absolutely the MVP. It, he, he's not going to lose it. it it's his. We, he just needs the regular seats to finish up. And then, you know, he'll have that award. Um, so, fantasy. We're in the playoff in our fantasy uh, basketball league. You're going up against some tough competition. Yeah, we were trading back and forth, but he's had me by like a point the last couple of nights. Mm-hmm. So 
I have another week to make it up. I think I can. I, I think I'd be winning if Ben Simmons hadn't missed like the last four games and Jokic hasn't even gotten a double double. I don't think the last few games. Mm-hmm. So uh, a few things I'm used to winning, or I think I would be winning. I'm not winning this week because L and I had Dragic sit out. So I've had a lot of outs this week, plus Jokic kind of underperforming for me. Well, you're actually, yeah, it, it, you're down five six zero, so it's actually very, very close. Three-pointers you can swing, blocks you can swing, mm-hmm. and triple-doubles. Gobert underperformed for me, too. And triple-doubles you can swing. So those are the three that you can actually swing. But you guys are in a dogfight, mm-hmm. absolute dogfight. Um, the the other playoff matchup is me me going up against Nick, and I'm actually winning nine one one. How ironic is that? Um, so I'm I'm having a cakewalk this year. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm skip into myself. Uh-oh. Oh, oh, not Cyclops. My not leader, Scott, not Scott Summers. The leader of the team. Uh oh. Well, it, it looks like I'm going right. to cakewalk, cakewalk into another final. So I'll see if I'm mm-hmm. going to go against you or my or my brother-in-law. So we'll, <laughs> we'll I'm see hoping I can make goes. a comeback, but we'll see. I mean, you're close. You, you look, there's three categories that you can really swing. So we'll, we'll see what happens with that. I'm surprised you're down in rebounds. But what you said about Gorbert really makes sense. I'm, I'm shocked that you're down in rebounds. But my brother-in-law has had a tough team. All year, and then, uh, like I said, he overtook me in the standings a couple of weeks ago because he's just been consistent all year. Um, mm-hmm. Any last thoughts before we wrap it up? No, I'm good. Uh, I think we got got everything we need to say out. So uh, I think it was a good good talk. I'm good with everything. All right, Hardwood Nation family, please like, subscribe, and share our content. On our YouTube channel, The Hardwood Nation, also visit thehardwoodnation.net. For the latest and greatest NBA news and rumors, it's your boy CL, my little white brother Bryce Ward. We are out.